What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast, the 101st episode of the only sports podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to listen in order, but if you did, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm Will. That's Casino over there. How's, How's your going? 2024 going so far, Casino? Um, well, I've I've been drinking <laughs> less, which is good, which is nice. Um, uh, got my hair cut, made me yes. feel made me feel human dude it's crazy the little things like getting my haircut done yesterday i oh my gosh i love it i mean it just makes <laughs> me realize though how much more of a widow's peak i have than you know dude it's 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 hefty i have i have a hefty widow's peak um but no i'm doing all right doing pretty good doing pretty good um yeah how about you what, what's what's up what's up you just got back from uh california didn't you Yeah, I got back from Disneyland, which uh, took the kids to for my son's third birthday. It was cold as shit. I mean, like at night, it was like 30 degrees. I was not ready for it. It, And then I got back to Vegas and where we both live. And it's even, it's as cold. It's 29 degrees. This is the coldest Vegas. Yeah, this is the coldest Vegas has been in a while Parts of the town are getting snow. You get snow? Yeah, last year, I think the low that it got to was 30. Um, I think tonight is 29. Um, uh, yeah, so it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to feel uh, pretty fun out. I'm going to be out and about tonight, too. I'm actually going to the Knights uh, Bruins game. Did you get? Um, did you get snow? No, I didn't get snow over here. Um, yes. Henderson area gets a lot of rain due to the lake being close, but we're not higher up in the elevation because um, the city kind of like, you know, has the slant. Um, we're not up by those mountains up there that, uh, you know, pepper you with snow. So probably, you know, I should probably hit up all my friends who and family who live up there and ask if they got snow. I just haven't talked to them today, but it's fun because if you get a good snowfall and then you get a hot spring, which is this is kind of how it's supposed to be. It's kind of like last year where it got really cold and then really, really warm. Um, it's fun to be able to still see snow up at Mount Charleston when it's 100 degrees out. When finally Vegas is 100 degrees and you look up at the mountain, you're like, oh, there's snow up there. Huh. It's pretty <laughs> wild. It's pretty it's 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 actually insane. <clears throat> Uh, well, now that our playful banter is out of the way, Casino, uh, let's get into... You asked me a question. Just no, a... An answer. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a crazy week for football, which we will talk about, but first we need to talk about some legendary, uh, coaches that retired within a day of each other. They used to be on, uh... I know Nick Saban, there's that thing going around where him and Bill Belichick are hugging on the sidelines of a Cleveland Browns team. So we have to talk, of course, about Bill Belichick. He is not retiring. It seems like he will continue coaching, just not for the Patriots. However, Nick Saban is retiring from the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Which one would you like to talk about first, Casino? Uh, let's get college, and then we'll move in all to all of the NFL coaches. So, 
I agree. Uh, Nick Saban won well, seven. Why, 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 I repeat. Why you me if you were wanting to do it anyway. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Playful banter. Yeah. Playful banter. <laughs> Nick Saban. Uh, uh, Nick Saban. Seven. Seven national championships. One with LSU. Six with Alabama. Of course, he uh, started coaching college in Michigan State went to LSU, then went to Alabama. Uh, There was also that stint he had with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I forget about that. His record – yeah, well, that's crazy. Uh, But his record is 292-71, only one tie, never finished with a losing record, which is insane. Had two seasons where he finished 500 – and then in the college football playoffs, he was nine and five, bowl games nineteen and twelve, and then in the NFL, I swear he only went one season, but apparently two seasons at Miami, he went fifteen and seventeen. So, Dude, looking at this number, his co- total college wins losses, uh, two hundred ninety-seven wins, seventy-one losses out of all of his coaching, all of the places he's coached, all of these things. Dude, that's that's over eighty percent. That's I mean, it's not eighty percent. It's like eighty six, but that's insane. That is an insane record. I mean, NFL is one thing, but like college with how much that turnover happens is wicked insane. Yeah. Uh. So he is still. He did retire. I believe both him and Belichick are seventy two. Right, I think they're both the exact same age, uh, but yeah, he's uh, so Joe Paterno has the most wins in college football history with 409, but that was after a 46 year career at Penn State, which is fucking crazy. Uh, and then Bobby Bowden is number two with 357, Bear Bryant third with 323. Pop Warner with 311, and then right there is Nick Saban with, as we just said, 297. So it does feel weird that I know he's 72. He's obviously getting up there, but obviously Alabama was one win away from playing in the national championship, so it's not like he can't coach anymore. But it is weird to me that for a guy that brought Alabama back to relevance and, you know, obviously won six national titles with them, he wouldn't try to beat the Bear Bryant record of 323. Because you think he's averaging 10 wins a year. What? Mm-hmm. It's at 297. That's four years? Probably three? Three and some yeah. change? Let's go four. To... Let's go four, possibly five. You know, you never know how, how things are going to happen. Yeah, so it would he would be at 297 plus four years. That would put him at 337 uh, if he did 10 wins. But at that sorry, point, dude, three... you're you're approaching 80. When he you, like you're approaching 80, man. Like there was one. There's a lot of reports out there, rumors, whatever that you know he he did this for health reasons. So mm, I mean, I think okay. and I don't think it's like anything bad. I think it's just because he's old, dude. He's 72. Like he's not seventy two is fairly young nowadays, you know. Um, you're not croaking, you know, every single day <laughs> at seventy two, but you don't have much. Like mid eighties is kind of 
where you see a lot of people start passing away. He's got, you know, 10 years on his retirement, as long as he's still, you know, decently healthy. Yeah. I I can't imagine working that to, to that age. Like, I still think it's like pushing it like 65. My dad's 65 and he's still working, but he's, he's getting ready to retire here. That it's just, it's mind blowing that, that that's like the pe- cutoff pe- age. Yeah. Yeah. First off. Yeah. That's insane. But that people choose to work. I know understand you, you love what you do, but like choose to work and like a, a very taxing job like this into your mid seventies. Like I know it's early seventies, but still like that is, that's just wild to me. That's, that's a lot, man. Well, it's also the thing where it's, like with uh, college football, uh, you need to constantly, if you're not coaching the games, getting ready for bowl games, like Alabama is always in you know, the playoffs at the end of every year, basically. So you're coaching extra games, and then the second those games end, then all of a sudden you're on the road recruiting, you're trying to get the best players to come with you, you're visiting kids' houses and stuff like that. So it does feel like a much more taxing job than being a coach of some other teams or other sports where it's just like the college football grind is literally 365 because if you're not coaching you're meeting with parents you're meeting with players I'm assuming you're meeting with boosters and other people who want to you know who run college football want to meet the Alabama head coach so right I'm sure we only see a fraction of the stuff he actually has to do as Alabama's head coach. But in terms of the list, I just read you off casino. Those obviously the coaches ahead of him are coaches before our time. Uh, We started watching college football, the end of Bobby Bowden end of Joe Paterno, which obviously the Paterno name and is kind of tainted. Well, not kind of, it is tainted by (laughs) what happened at Penn state, you know, a couple uh about a decade ago but where do you place Nick Saban in terms of coaching greats oh man um when it comes to college football or in general uh well we saw him in the NFL and he didn't he didn't you know he was there for a fart the wind and didn't really do anything so let's just stick strictly to college football no, I got. Yeah, I, I was saying more like you, you said coaching. Like, is that like everything, or is that like all coaches from all sports? Blah blah blah. But um, no, definitely for college football. In my opinion, he's the goat, and I know that there's a lot of people that were before my time, you know, that had great careers and all that stuff. But I just feel like in this day and age, it was. It's it's harder to pay your players. I'm not saying that he did, but if you want, you know, like that's harder to do. You know, back then, uh, before our time, that wasn't, you know, that was probably fairly easy to get away with. Um, and, and just the amount of talent that's out there now, it's very tough. Like his recruiting, his recruiting has to be top notch because you have other teams. Not, it's not like the NFL, you know, there's 32 teams. College, there's so many teams that I think it's very impressive with what he's done in this era, in the last 20 years, 
on what what he's done. I mean, 15 years or whatever it's been. You know, I, I don't remember how many years he's coached. Um, uh, 28 years total. 28 years. And total. I also forgot. Uh, so he, I said he started at Michigan State. He had one year before yeah. that where he was head coach of Toledo. Toledo. So he coached yeah. at Toledo one year and then went to the NFL when, to help. Dude, that was the year I was teams. born, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, but no, I, in, in, I, I, I mean, obviously in our era, he, there's nobody that can touch him. And I do think that he's the best because, again, the amount of talent that keeps coming as as – more things are available to the masses as you know we've gotten more intelligent as human beings and you know got more ways to work out and this and that and just the, the talent has went through the roof that i i think it's very impressive that he was able to stay with his team on top for as long as he did personally uh i think yeah, I agree with you. I think he's, without a doubt, uh, one of the best college coaches ever, obviously just by wins. But in terms of what he did with that program, he made both you and I Alabama haters for no reason other than they were always in the championship. They were always winning. They were always good. They always had a Heisman contender. Like It's like they had the craziest stat I read, I believe I uh, – uh, if I can find it right here, this is the maybe the most insane stat I can think of that showed how dominant Alabama specifically was during uh, Nick Saban's tenure. He had in his entire career at Alabama, he had more players picked in the first round than he did losses. So he had 44 first round picks. He had 29 losses. So he had 29 losses, 44 first round picks when he was the coach at Alabama, which shows. And that's crazy because his first year was six losses alone. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) that shows uh, just how dominant he was. And I I think. Also, the narrative being lost in this is like what you were just talking about, where now college football has shifted the playing field to we've never seen more players in the transfer portal than we have the past two years. We see now NIL deals are making it so players, you don't have to go to an Alabama or a Michigan or one of these big, big schools. Continue talking about this. I got to make my kid a bottle. He's up. There you go. But you don't have to be at a big school now to get, uh, you know, money because obviously everybody knows the elephant in the room for these big schools is they would pay their players under the table. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm breaking news telling you that. But then there was, now it's quote unquote legal to where you can go to a smaller school and you're getting NIL money. And now all of a sudden, you know, there were the reports that Caleb Williams and some of the big name players in college, well, they're now mulling over if they'll stay in college or if they'll go to the NFL, because now they're making more money in college than they would on rookie deals in the NFL, which I actually think, 
in the long term is going to help college football, maybe hurt the NFL because you're not going to be getting great players as soon as they become available. You're going to have to wait a year or two. But for college football, you might have guys who are projected number one overall picks, you know, staying in school. There was a report today that the college or that the quarterback for Texas has stayed in school because he's, you know, Texas is obviously a very good team, but you might in the years leading up to who knows where this caps off at, but you might get players electing to stay in college longer because they're getting more money than they would on rookie deals. But I'm saying that Nick Saban left college football kind of at the perfect time because not only is the transfer portal bigger, but the playing field is going to be bigger. So now Alabama doesn't have to win one game to get yeah. to the finals. They're going to have to win three or four. Do like, you think that weighed in on him a little bit? Because, I mean, I, I may have missed it, but something that always bugged me about Alabama, though, is they played a lot of powder puffs at the very beginning of their season. They would have maybe two, two, maybe three good teams in their season that they would have to play. Um, yeah. That's, you know, that's just me. And you know what's crazy is I was, as I was looking at the stats about it, um, well, he only has two seasons where he his team went undefeated. So, I mean, it felt like it felt like there was way more seasons that he went undefeated, but you know, their team was never perfect. And if you're only playing like three good teams a year, you know, teams that could possibly beat you, um, and you're letting one beat you, like I mean, like you know, yeah, just throwing well, that, that out there, just throwing that out there. I mean, it's still you got to go out there and win the games and you know prepare and do all that stuff. So that's not me trying to take any credit away from Nick Saban. He's, you know, you got you got to still go coach and get your players ready. So, but um, well, I you know, also that, that is an interesting thing that I that I noticed. Yeah, I think it's the perfect storm of leaving it before it all hits, which is mm-hmm. you have Texas, Oklahoma coming into the SEC. You have the NIL money. So now it's going to be harder to get players to go to big schools because they can make just as much money and be the starter at smaller schools. Right. And you and I were just talking about that. So as UNLV fans, um, our quarterback just left. Um, he had last year, he's played for UNLV, but he was getting top looks from big schools. Well, he was getting ready. He went entered the transfer portal. He was going to Georgia, but he would have definitely sat at Georgia. But then USC approached him and was like, Hey, you know, here's some incentive. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there was some money talk, this and that, but he has a chance, a much better chance, if not already guaranteed that he's going to be the starter at USC with, uh, with Williams being gone. So, I mean, yep. it, that money talks, man. And, and again, I don't know if there was money, but I'm sure there was some incentives because, I mean, if you're getting about to get picked up by Georgia, if there wasn't any incentives out there outside of, hey, you're going to start uh, or you have a possibility of starting, like, I, I really feel like, why would why would you go? I know UC's good, but, I mean, Georgia's Georgia. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you go there? So, you're right. Things are going to shake up tremendously with this um, moving forward, especially since the playoffs now are, have expanded because even when it was only the, the four teams, you know, players are looking and they're like, well, you know, 
I might get this much money and do this, but if I really want my shot in the pros, I want to try to be at one of those top teams that have a shot for the title, you know? So as long as, and, and it's still kind of skewed towards those same teams that we see every year. Um, but now when you have 12 teams with the possibility of making the national championship through a fair bracketing system, you know, yep. that, that's going to make things a lot more fun to see because players like, Oh, you know, my, the team that I'm, I, you know, would rather play for, and they're giving me the same compensation was 20th in the college football last year. Hey, if I join them, we get a couple, you know, one extra win or two extra wins. We're within that top 12. We're there. You know, that's a gamble that I would like to take, you know? So, yeah, no, that's yeah. true. Uh, but we can both agree. He was the goat, the goat of, uh, college football, definitely of our college era football. and of probably definitely. the last, what, 30 years. I don't even think it's close, but let's move on casino to another goat, uh, which is eerily similar and eerily tied to Nick Saban. And they always have been throughout their entire careers. Uh, we're talking about Bill Belichick. You give out the mo- did not opening re- monologue here. I'm going to go grab my child and bring him so I can feed him. But you lay the groundwork, and I'm coming in hot, hot, hot. (laughs) So now uh, let's move on to the other goat that is always linked to Nick Saban, and that is Bill Belichick, who is not retiring, but he did mutually part ways with the New England Patriots. So... The speculation, the rumors are that he is up for, I mean, obviously he is a, you know, head coach that's just going to walk in day one to all these other teams that have job openings. So the job openings, and then we'll get into Bill Belichick, the job openings at the moment for head coach are the Chargers, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Commanders, the Titans, the Seahawks, and then, of course, the Patriots. So when it comes to the Patriots, over 24 seasons, including the playoffs, Bill Belichick had a 296 and he won six Super Bowls. Uh, And then the last, since Tom Brady left, it's been a rough couple of years uh to say the least but obviously as much as Belichick and Saban are tied uh throughout history obviously the most famous coach quarterback combo in NFL history is uh Tom Brady and Bill Belichick he obviously also helped with those great Giants defenses that won Super Bowls as well <laughs> coached the Browns coached the Jets for an hour before he rejected them to go to the Patriots. But as the uh, podcast Patriots fan, what is your take on Bill Belichick? And we'll get to the games after we talk about the head coaching, but a disastrous last couple of years ends with basically a blowout loss to the Jets. But (laughs) you think that was all that needs to be said about current Belichick. Well, I that was one of the, the thing. few picks I got right this week. I do feel like a lot of the times 
well, so we talked about the Brady Belichick thing, right? Um, and Belichick, oh, like, oh, Belichick wasn't a good coach. You know what? I still think I mean, he's still a good coach. You still have to be a good coach to go into those big games and win. You have to devise up a plan, whether it's, you know, offense, defense, or the whole shebang, whatever it is, um, to win. Like, you have to have your team prepared. You have to do those things. Um, but I think a lot of his success was due to Tom Brady, but vice versa. Um, I've talked about it on this podcast before where Belichick is a brilliant defensive mind. Like the, the Patriots this year, even though they got like third, they have, they got third to last in the league. Um, the defense was pretty dang good there for some stretches when they had some healthy players, they lost three superstars right at the beginning of the season, um, which really, really hurt the team defensively. But as an offensive guy, he is, or as for when it comes to the offense, he's not the guy Brady made the offense better, but it was also vice versa. So Brady going to Tampa, he had a great defense. He won the super bowl and then the defense started slacking and he had trouble. So that was the perfect marriage was those two greatest in history. Like you said. Um, so Belichick, in my opinion, is still the greatest coach to ever coach NFL. Um, regardless on having success after Brady or not having success after Brady, um because of all those things that I just just mentioned but I'm think it's time um I don't like how he handled the offense um this last offseason and during the season cutting people putting them back on the practice squad flip-flopping way too much uh three different offensive coordinators one being a defensive coordinator um in the last three years for the quarterback that doesn't give you good momentum to learn an offense uh and then with that you don't have superstar offensive weapons to help kind of navigate those rookies through that so i love belichick i always will i think it's time for him to move off um i if he wants to stay as a coach and and we get a good offensive coordinator that would have been cool but as a gm he definitely needed to get let go of that uh to make those decisions um but i'm i I wish him luck wherever he's gonna go and i'm i'm excited for the new era and the guy that i've been pushing for sounds like he's the front runner uh with gerard mayo Uh, he's an assistant coach for them he played for them for years i love the dude i really hope that he gets a chance to be the head coach um i hope that answered your question well um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so uh bill belichick won uh so now everybody says brady has seven super bowl rings but uh bill belichick actually has eight yes because he won two super bowls as an assistant coach slash defensive coordinator with the uh, new york giants he won obviously six together with brady in the patriots that he's been in 12 Super Bowls, which is fucking crazy. As a coach, nine as a head coach. He has the most playoff wins uh, in NFL history as a head coach with 31. Also the most divisional championships as a head coach with 17. So uh, with Nick Saban, there's obviously the, you know, discussion where wins and how it stacks up against the other greats. I think when it comes strictly to 
the entire landscape of a career, I think you can put Bill Belichick's resume to basically cancel anybody else out. Nobody's right. so like close with, with – I was going to say, with no, like Tom Landry and Don Shula and whatnot, you know, looking at it right here, this just tells you the statistics on it. Um, the most playoff wins, like Don Shula has 19, Tom Landry has 20, Reed 22, Belichick with 31 – there's more games added up. There's more team. Like the playoffs look completely different. So, like doing it now. And I was listening to Robert Kraft talk about him today. Um, doing it in this era, the era of football that he had to do it in, is absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. So, um, well, he's that, also that's, that's of all the coaches insane. you just mentioned. Of all the coaches you just mentioned, he's the only one who's ever had to do it in the free agency era, right? Yeah, the free so agency now, era, uh, with with the with the hard cap, uh, not hard, but with the cap yeah. and all that, like to do it in this era is just it's mind blowing. Now, I agree. That, uh, that's and I don't my, think there's that's any. My, that's why it's my push for him being the greatest NFL coach of all time. Like everybody can, you know, oh, well, he doesn't have the most wins or all this. Well, look at the era that he's doing it in. Like, come on. <laughs> that 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 right there should stand yeah. alone as the nail in the coffin for the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. And then like every single coach player in sports history, eventually your time comes where the game passes you by and then all of a sudden the things that worked as early as five years ago, don't work anymore. And we obviously saw that where, like you were saying, his defenses were still great to borderline, you know, elite. And his offenses were some of the worst in the league. And obviously you pair him with Brady and those were the recipes for, you know, the all the Super Bowls they won, all the Super Bowls they got to. But now it comes to, you just said Gerard Mayo. Uh, also, another coach that is rumored for that Patriots job is one that was let go from the Tennessee Titans Casino. And yeah. that is a news that you know he's a great coach when first is everyone shocked they fired him and second yeah. is... All of a sudden, this guy guy is linked to, yeah. All of a sudden, this guy is linked to literally every other coaching vacancy that's open. And we are, of course, talking about Mike Vrabel, which I feel like we give so much credit to as a great coach, but his record with the Titans over six seasons, he was 54 and 45. So one more than he lost, but not by much. Maybe he's just one of the most likable dudes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he was fought the but the craziest thing about this story is apparently Vrabel's agent or there were other teams Vrabel's agents told the Titans that there were multiple teams requesting Vrabel in trade offers right like we'll trade you like kind of like what happened with Gruden a while ago where he was traded from the Raiders to the Bucks but We'll give you compensation to get Vrabel as our head coach. And the Titans 
again, prove what a bonehead franchise they are uh, and what a joke the GM in front office of the Titans is, said, nah, we're good, and then just released him anyways. So why would you, if you're getting rid of the guy anyways, why would you not try to get something in return for him? As if Mike Vrabel would be like, no, I don't want to go to this team. I'd much rather be fired. Like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But then again, this was the Tennessee Titans team that traded away uh, AJ Brown in his prime and then have spent the last couple seasons since they did that trying to find a wide receiver. So it's just the Titans look and seem like a dumpster fire, which I think is what makes what Mike Vrabel did there so much better than his record indicates, which is just all that GM in front office did was get rid of their best players. And all Mike Vrabel did was make them the number one seed in the AFC. What? A year, two years ago, like yeah, uh, two thousand. I think it was what two thousand nineteen. They made the the AFC Championship game. I think it was nineteen. Yeah. So but, and yeah, they were the number one seed like two years ago. Yeah, it, uh. it's it's wild, and and just like the last couple years, um, we knew that they weren't as good as you know we would like them to be, and we'd be like, oh, you know, they're. We're, they're not going to win. Like, you know, this game, they're not going to win, blah, blah, blah. But he makes his team, and the players fight for him. He's such a likable dude that everybody fights for him, and they will win games that you're just like, wait, why did they win that game and lose the other game? Like, well, they lost the other game because they're not a good team because what you alluded to is the GM and everybody there suck, but – <laughs> that team will do whatever they can to play and fight for their coach. And I love Brabel. I've, I've loved him when he was in new England. I mean, he's won three, he won three Super Bowls with them. I'm a, I'm a massive, yeah, massive, uh, Brabel guy. So I'm all for it. Especially when he used to have really nice long hair, dude. I'm seeing, I just pulled <laughs> up this picture. Dude, legit. Like he has some flow. He has some flow. <laughs> well, also, I feel like we're forgetting how long he's been a coach for because it feels like he was just playing for, <laughs> you know, the Patriots. But he literally was started coaching in 2011. Yeah, was, I was say, he, did, he, uh, he went was to the at, Chiefs and he was there for two years after the Patriots. No. And then, then he started coaching, or, right? Or as a player. No, yeah. no, oh, as yeah. a head coach. I'm saying as a as player, a coach, he went there for a player and then he started coaching. So, yeah, 11 is when he started coaching. Yeah, so he went three years at Ohio State and then he went four years in the Houston Texans before going to the Tennessee Titans for the past six years. His first four seasons at, at in Tennessee, he went 9-7, and 9-7, and 11-5, and 12-5, and, and then the last two years he went 7-10 and 10 and 6-11. and 11. So definitely feels like a guy that you would want coaching your team because you know if you put the right pieces around him, he's going to flourish because you saw him coach pretty mediocre Tennessee Titans teams too. Again, like we're saying, AFC Championship games, the number one seed in the AFC, like that's pretty impressive, especially with how stacked the AFC has been over the past couple of years. Right. So 
Uh, uh, I just sent you that picture would of you want him to be the coach. I will hold it up to the camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Oh Dude, yeah. That's some flow, some man. Glorious locks. <laughs> but you said Gerard Mayo. Would you be happy if uh Mike Rabel was announced as the coach of the Patriots? I I I'd be okay with it. I'd be content with it. Because uh, I like the guy, but I want to see what Gerard Mayo has. I want to see what he can do. I, I think he's done great things as an assistant coach there. Um, uh, but I, I really would like to see what he can do as the main guy, as the guy. Um, I know all the players respect him. I, I'm sure he'll try to instill some of that same. And because we already know Variable does, you know, instill like this is like the Patriot way in, in a sense yeah. and um, still stick to it. But I think the players will like playing for Gerard Mayo a little bit more than, or Vrabel than they would Belichick personally. Um, True. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I would really like to see uh, Mayo get his shot. Um, he was one of my favorite players to watch on the team um, during his uh, tenure there. So Yeah. Oh, I I wouldn't be mad if Rabel gets the job. I mean, because I think he's a decent coach, and you know we'll see where the GM spot lands for New England. Um, but if you get somebody who actually can put together a decent offense and actually go and get players, um, like you know when this just recently DeAndre Hopkins up there, you could probably really help out a young quarterback. You didn't go get him, which was very very frustrating. That those kind of moves are the moves that I want to see. We, we're going to be top five in cap space. I say we, the Patriots. The Patriots can be like top five in cap space. They got the third overall um, pick in the draft this year, which is weird to say. I'm used to 32, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's how I feel about that. Vrabel would be cool, but I would like to see Gerard Mayo. Um, I've been saying it for the last six weeks, seven weeks that that's the guy that I want to see um, as head coach. It was fun, but we're back with part two, part one. You just got done listening to, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, if you're listening to the full podcast on our YouTube page, I'm going to be uploading various clips of just different segments we're doing. So without further ado, casino, uh, we did not record. Yeah, we, we talked yesterday. The only thing we talked about yesterday was all the coaching news. We kind of abruptly got cut off at the end. We were talking about Vrabel, but we both like him. We both think he's a good coach. We both agree with pretty much the majority of the sports internet, which thinks he should not have been fired, and he'll probably have another head coaching job by next week at the latest, probably. Uh, We talked about Nick Saban. We talked about Bill Belichick. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about actual football games that were played, uh, which was the national championship game between Washington and Michigan. Uh, Before we just dive into a casino, with our picks, you picked Washington to win. I picked Michigan. And we will reveal the final end of the year uh, pick winner before we switch to the playoffs uh, when we start talking about the NFL playoffs. But right now, let's talk about the Washington and Michigan. You thought 
Washington would win. I thought Michigan would. And then the score ended up being 34 to 13 Michigan mm-hmm. over Washington. A score that if you watch the game, kind of deceiving because it was a really close it game. It was a until one score game quarter. almost the entire time. Yeah. And then Michigan rallies off 14 points in the fourth to kind of take it away. Washington always felt like they were one big play away from getting back in it. And then that big play just never came. Yeah. Um, And you know what? They had their opportunities. I I watched every snap of that game. Um, You know, Penix, he he had 51 attempts, only 27 uh, completions. But I want to mark that because, yes, he threw two interceptions, but there was – two i know of two that i can recall off the top of my head plays where the throw was perfect it was in the hands and the receivers just dropped it two of them could have gone for touchdowns one for sure because there was nobody around two all you had to do was beat one open field tackle and i mean those were momentum swings those those are huge swings in the game that i feel like they were as you said one one or two plays from being you know on the heels of Michigan. I mean, they were the whole game, but um, yeah, Michigan winning, you know, doesn't shock me. That defense was great. They had a lot of great open field tackles, a lot um, that Washington's normally breaking and getting down the field. But um, yeah, um, it was good. Uh, The one thing that uh, makes me think that Penix is, uh, not going to be a first round quarterback or late first round, early second round was he's not good under the pressure. If he has the time, he's great, but under pressure really showed with that Michigan defense, what they could do and get to him. Um, I didn't like the scramble. I mean, McCarthy didn't do anything. McCarthy only threw for 18. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's the best quarterback that Michigan has ever had. Oh, and 10 for 18, 140 in a national yards. championship game. And yeah, okay. he felt I was shocked no, at the end of the game. They ran it down there. They ran it down there <laughs> yeah. with Edwards and, and Corum. So I was like, gonna say I was shocked that JJ McCarthy had 140 yards passing. It felt like he had four yards passing. Like yeah. I don't I don't remember. You're talking they just about ran Penix. The football. Yeah, he had Penix again had some great throws. I agree with you on the the wide receivers dropping the ball, there being some missed opportunities. Penix kind of falling apart when even slightly pressured which we knew would happen because we talked about when we're making our predictions for this game number one offense number one defense and Michigan definitely showed up again like you said like there was some one-on-one tackle opportunities where you're like if this Washington guy breaks this he's gone and then just an open field tackle I mean by everybody on Michigan it didn't feel like they missed one tackle they yeah, were just. It was. It, there was some good. So I, I, I wish that uh, a couple of those connections with Penix and his receivers made it closer, a closer game. But I still think Michigan, that defense was ready to play, and I don't think that uh, even if even though it was a close game, I don't think Washington was going to be able to trump them at the end, even if it was like a, a field goal game at the end. So. It no, was it was fun, then, but it was a fun game to watch. Like out, you, you're right outside the very end, and you know, uh, Washington just trying to huck the ball down. Um, it was close. They kept him in. Yeah, when it was seven, it was fourteen three all pretty much all the first quarter, and then by halftime it's seventeen ten, and you're thinking like, 
Washington maybe has a chance. They got a little momentum. And then it comes out in the third quarter. Both teams can't do anything. I mean, on third down, Washington was two for 14. Michigan was one for 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, Washington went for it on fourth down five times, only converted twice. And then uh, Michigan only went once and then didn't convert it. But yeah, clean yeah, the game. Inter- the, inter- the interception, the interceptions hurt. I just can't believe I saw that. I didn't know Washington only had forty six rushing yards. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, these two, these two, these yards. teams are com- literally just the complete opposite team. Like, yeah, hands down, just the complete opposite team. Well, it's also one of those things where if you put Penix on this Michigan team, they're somehow a better team than the 15 and 0 that they went this season but i feel like if you put Whoa. mccarthy again you, you the put greatest, mccarthy the greatest michigan quarterback of all time <laughs> yeah you put the greatest michigan quarterback of all time jj mccarthy on the on this washington team what are they a 7 8 win team Probably. like i know that's just hyperbole but again Probably. uh this is this feels like this Michigan team felt like the perfect example of what they try to do with Purdy for the 49ers, which is just like this guy again, he didn't have a bad season. He went, oh, I'll pull it up here. He went 22 and four with uh, the third highest rated QBR in the nation. But again, you have the number one offense, you have a top, I believe we talked about it on last podcast, it was a top 10 rushing attack. And then you have this uh, this guy, again, greatest quarterback in Michigan history, in every important game in these playoffs, including the Big Ten Championship, he never threw for more than 150 yards except against Alabama when that game went into OT where he threw for 221 yards. So... Mm-hmm. Again, that's Michigan, why his stats are so good as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. No, but he I just mean, has to hand the ball off. That's all he had to do. Yeah, when you have two uh, running backs on your team rushing for over 100 yards in a championship game, you're not going to have to throw very much. I'm just saying that this crazy notion that after this game that all of a sudden Penix, who going into this game was projected to be the third quarterback taken like a top 10 pick in the first round. And now there's reports coming out where it's like, he might not even go in the second round. And now all of a sudden with McCarthy, it's like, well, if he comes back to Michigan, you know, Michigan are front runners again, but if he codes into the draft, maybe he could be a first. And it's just like, can we stop? Like we saw a guy with an absolute stack team, uh, throw 150 yards a game. And then we saw Michael Penix who, outside of you know the Daniels for LSU maybe had the best quarterback season in the league with 36 touchdowns 11 interceptions the six QBR in the uh, league and almost 5,000 yards passing which is fucking crazy like we just talked about the other guy who barely who barely had 2,500 and then this guy almost had double him but uh as far as (sighs) The other thing that goes into this Michigan team casino is uh, Jim Harbaugh did the thing that only three other coaches have ever done in the history of football, which is win a college football national championship and win a Super Bowl. So where do you put him in the pantheon now of just elite coaches? Um. 
hold up. Pause that for a second. Um, fact check. Did he win the Super Bowl? That was his brother that won the Super Bowl. Oh, shit. That was his brother who won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, then. Because he, well, because he had that whole joke. He's like, now I can sit at the big kid table. My brother won a Super Bowl. My dad won a national championship. I won a national championship. Why would we Ref- have to cut that out? I'm leaving all this in. He didn't. Um, so he. Well, I just don't of, want you to look like an idiot. That's impossible on this podcast. All right. But uh, like, yeah, that's he. No, you're a, right. He went to a Super Bowl. His brother won the Super Bowl. They played against. He won. Yeah, that was uh, that, that great Ravens Niners candlestick lights turning off game. Yes. So his brother won the Super Bowl. He won the college football championship. So he's been to with with Colin Kaepernick. Well, he went to the Super Bowl, didn't win it. You're correct, Castino. And Um, I do say Colin Kaepernick, and that's not anything because of political thing. He just went to Reno, and we're from Vegas, so (laughs) I saw him light up UNLV. I went on that road. I went on a road trip um, to go see. It was twenty one twenty one going into the fourth, and I was like, oh man, UNLV can win the cannon on the road. And then all of a sudden, he puts up five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I was like, all right, well, I forever hate Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> uh, so, the I believe the – so, there were only two. That was the narrative where he could have been the third because the only two other people to do it were – or no, I'm sorry, the only other three people to do it were Pete Carroll, Jimmy Johnson, and Barry Switzer. Those were the only three coaches to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. Nice. So John Harbaugh or John Harbaugh won the 49ers. Jim Harbaugh could have won the Super Bowl. But when it comes to Jim Harbaugh Casino, now that he won a national championship, obviously we've talked about it on the podcast where there were uh the issues of cheating and allegations and blah blah blah, which we we kind of shrugged off as who gives a shit. Uh, Everybody's but, cheating. Yes. But because of that, do you think he stays at Michigan or do you think he takes his chances in the NFL with one of the 10 coaching vacancies? If he gets a good enough offer, I think he's out. I think he'd go back. I think he goes back. I mean, obviously he's not a bad NFL coach. He made a Super Bowl. He's not yeah. bad at it. So I think he just wanted to. He wanted to go to college. He wanted to 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 kind of get his roots back, and I mean, he crushed it. He he brought that Michigan that Michigan organization back to the top. He did it, and at that point, you just now you right off in the sunset say, "Okay, I did my job. You guys come in now. You handle the rest. I'm going to go back up to the pros, and I have unfinished business up there." I think he leaves. Um, I think so as well. I think the I think the two teams that just like pop when you're looking at the teams that are potential for head coaching, the ones that pop to me as like a Jim Harbaugh destination for me, it would be the commanders and the Raiders. I say commanders because it's new ownership and they want to kind of distance themselves from the Redskin name, from the Washington football team name, start anew. There's no Dan Snyder there. Big splashy coach hire. Uh, I think the enemy should get that job, but it's weird. We haven't really Ron Rivera got let go and there's been no rumblings or anything about the enemy being promoted, which again, 
weird to me. But then when it comes to the Raiders, we talked about Antonio Pierce. Uh, I think the players like him, but they did this same thing a couple years ago with, I believe it was Kotite or uh, I can't remember that guy's name. The I don't remember. Yeah, like the interim head coach that all the players loved, and then they got rid of him to bring in John Gruden. So the Raiders have been known to get rid of player-friendly coaches like Antonio Pierce to bring in big, splashy names, especially now that they're in Vegas. So to me, I think I would put all my like betting money on Jim Harbaugh either staying at Michigan no. or going to the Raiders. Going to the next going next week into the next pot if we haven't heard anything about the the Raiders vacancy or whatever. Um I'll get you on I'll get on the inside scoop of that. I have a lot of uh friends Ooh. who are in the media that work the Raider games. Oh. Uh but uh speaking of we just mentioned his name, let's segu Casino into another coach that also, I don't know, he kind of did the Belichick thing, but if Belichick would have just stayed in the Patriots organization, which is they, him and the Seahawks mutually parted ways as coaches, and Pete Carroll will still stay on as the uh, I, right. Seattle I, Seahawks front office or something. Yeah, so he's going to take a position in the front office. I don't, he's not ready to be done with football. I think he's done with coaching. I don't, I don't think this is, hey, you know, you're a bad coach. We want to move off of you. Because uh, look, look what he was doing with the Seahawks. Like, you know, nobody yeah. expected them the last two years to be any what decent. And, you know, look what they did. Uh, I don't think this has anything to personally, anything to do with, they don't want him as coach anymore. Um, I really do think that they're just, all right, let's time to, you know, I'm not P Carroll being, I'm done. I'm old as shit. I'm as old as Belichick. You know, I'm ready to just kind of, all right, where's that front front office cushy seat? You know, maybe I'll help you with the scouting and, you know, GM work or get your coffees. I don't know. Something like that, <laughs> but he's done. Uh, and you know what? Again, it's one of those things where, at this age, at that age, like we talked about it last pod, like when, when, when do you call it quits? I understand you doing what you love, but at some point I would feel like you want to, you just want to chill out for the rest of your life. Like you don't yeah. got much time left. I mean, again, the average is like, is for life expectancy is like mid to high eighties now or something like that. So, and he retired at 72. Yeah. I mean, 72. okay. Give yourself a good 10 years to just, Relax, man. Yeah. Spend time Enjoy with the, family. the fruits of your labor. Fuck, yeah. uh, with his, the Seahawks, I did not realize he had been uh, there for over 14 seasons. He had a 137, 89, and one record, which is shocking because that 89 to 137 feels like a lot because I felt like all those Seahawks teams were pretty damn good. Even this year, they were one game away from uh, taking the wild card spot. But he is, as I mentioned earlier, he's one of the only three coaches to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. Uh, Should have won two if it wasn't for that insane uh, goal line interception. That was that was phenomenal. But you know what? <laughs> you bad call, but you got to give credit to uh, the Patriots organization. There's like a 13 minute video out there that talks about how they actually planned for that play, like they practiced that play, and yeah. For some reason, like they were talking about, 
oh, why do we even run this play? Like, why would we even try this? We'd be like, oh, well, Belichick was like, oh, you know, well, if they do do this, like, now we're prepared. You know? Yeah. So it was awesome. You got to, I'll send you that link. It's actually really awesome. But, um, but yeah, uh, Pete Carroll, he's out. It is what it is. Um, I think he might I be like one him. of the most underrated coaches in college or professional sports. I do, I, feel I, like... I do like him. I have a frustration with how he chooses gum. But besides that, <laughs> I'm a, besides that, I don't dislike Pete Carroll. <laughs> I mean, also, he, 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 I mean, he had a stint. Uh, he had a stint in New England. So, I mean, yeah, can't can't hate yeah. the guy. Yeah, and uh, I'll. Uh, this is one of those parts, Casita, where I'll just edit it out and put it at the end of the discussion we were just talking about because we forgot to talk about the. Uh, I know, the I wasn't Washington gonna... guy. I know. I'll, hold on, I'm gonna edit this part out. 1920 okay uh but now that we've done uh talking about the national championship game casino there was news that the uh breaking news within the past hour of when we're recording this on uh friday that the washington head coach has accepted the alabama job uh, thoughts mm-hmm. on that move, Casino, to go from Washington to Alabama? Well, I mean, he, I'm fine with it. He's going to lose his quarterback, you know, this year. And as you said, that team was mm-hmm. Penix. That team was Penix. You know, if they didn't have a, that kind of a quarterback, that caliber, making those kind of throws, like what you saw at some in the national championship, but definitely in um, the uh, – Semifinal game. I don't remember where it was. Was that the Rose Bowl or was that the Super? Do- I don't remember which, which, which one. Wherever that game was, was that one of the Rose Bowl? Washington. Game? Yes, that was the Rose Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he had great throws in I the Rose Bowl. So. Like, so you're going to lose that quarterback, and you don't know how that team is going to be. They're still going to be good, but it's Ala fucking Bama. Like, you go take that job. If Alabama knocks on your door, say hey. Do you want to come and replace the greatest NCAA football coach of all time? Come on, let's go. We want you. Like, you take that fucking job. <laughs> you take that job. Yeah. Also, uh, so the guy's name, the Washington head coach is uh, Kalen DeBoer. He had a one, he has a head coaching record of 104 and 12. So That's that insanity. is, <laughs> I mean, if you want uh, a big a big coaching hire in Alabama, might as well go get the guy you uh, uh, just saw barely lose in the, you know, obviously the score indicates that they lost heavy, but again, that was until the fourth quarter. Go get the guy that you say, like you said, if we only had more pieces than just our quarterback, maybe we could have beat Michigan. Well, you go to Alabama, basically all they need is a quarterback. And you didn't have, and and you you didn't have two had... drops. And you, you know, <laughs> yeah. And two drops that could have made that, you know, a, a field goal game. Yeah. So congrats to Alabama. Uh, feel bad for Washington. Not only are they losing their all-pro quarterback, they're losing their, again, as we just said with the record, their amazing head coach. But as Alabama haters, I don't want to say I hope he fails. I just hope he uh, isn't good. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I do. But, so my my buddy, um, who's an Oregon fan, he was 
he was really, really worried that the Oregon head coach was going to go down there and take that position. But I love that press conference. He was like, no, I got unfinished business here. I'm staying here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Good on him, dude. Dude, good on him. I think Oregon's going to – they're getting get better, and I think in the next couple of years with that that coach and that regime, because it takes about three years in NCAA to turn, you know, turn the tides on things. I'm excited for that. I'm glad well, that he's staying. Good for him. And you just lost the threat of Washington, who you lost to twice right. this past I mean, year. and the Pac-12 uh, is dissolved. So, I mean, now you, you know. Yeah. I mean, as good a time as any for Oregon to uh, yeah. rise above what they've been over the rise past above it. 20 years, which is a team that never shows up in the big games. Right. But it is time, Casino, to move on to the – NFL playoffs, they start. Oh, but what, this... did you ever talk to about our picks? What about our picks? Did oh, you they are coming up right now. Okay. The NFL playoffs casino, but <sighs> as you so eagerly anticipated, before we get into the playoffs. I got to know, did, did I hold, hold off, hold you off, hold we off? We have to hold talk about this past weekend, and that was our week 18 picks. Uh, you ended the season winning 12 games in the final week. I ended really? the season winning nine games in the final week, which was shocking to me. However, there is an asterisk here, Casino, because I don't know if you recall, I was checking at our predictions at the beginning of the season, okay? Oh, no. Which we said would count at the end. Do you remember the bet we made at the beginning? No. We said... We got in a very heated discussion in our NFL predictions thing where you said the Chargers would make the playoffs over a team I said would make the playoffs, them being the Dolphins. And the bet was for five points for the Chargers-Dolphins. So including all of our predictions together, Casino. At the beginning of the season, you or I finished the season with 166. You finished the season with 165. No. Okay. So here, let me ask you this. No, let me ask you this. Wait, no. No, no, no. Let me ask you this. Did you add five to you and subtract five for me? Because that's not how that works. No, no. I just forgot to include your predictions, which means you actually finished with 173. Okay, but I thought it was funny that before the predictions I included with you, I won by one. But I ended up losing. Final tally: Casino wins the season with one seventy three. Obviously, we yet again. Win it's just like my bets. fantasy. <laughs> just like my fantasy, I can win regular season, but I can't get. It. I can't. I, I've still never won a final or a fantasy football playoff. I've gotten second. I don't. I don't have enough extremities yeah. to extremities to fucking count that shit <laughs> uh so casino i can't win the final game the regular season 173 to 166 again we included a bunch of college games predictions there were some other picks where we went against each other so it's not like just the games but for the second year in a row also final casino fantasy corner you just touched on it then i ended up losing i oh, came I in even, i told you i didn't make the playoffs this year yeah, my playoffs me. for the third year in a row, uh, the first two years in my money league, first three years we did it, I came in second. This year I came in third. The guy who won the championship was the guy I did the big 
four-player trade with. But here's the thing. He had already good players, and then my players kind of pushed him over the edge. My players that I traded to him and the players I got pushed me into the playoffs. So it was one of those things where if we didn't make the trade, both of us would have failed, but he obviously took uh, advantage of it. He won the championship. I don't know his name. Uh, so congratulations to that guy, but that's, uh, the season ending fantasy corner. Now you're in a money uh, league who you don't know the people that you're playing. Well, it's all, uh, guys we went to high school with. It's all, uh, it's all guys. Uh, well, but I got invited by a guy I was on the wrestling team with, and I know like three or four other guys in that, but then there's like six other guys who are just friends with them. who are also in the league because it's a 12 man league. So I only know half the league. The rest of the guys, I'm like, I don't know who this is, but huh, yeah, okay, sure. But uh-huh. I mean, I trust them. We've been doing it for this was the fourth year. Nah, uh, who's the commissioner? The commissioner is the guy I was on the wrestling team with, so he's oh, the one. Yeah. Who you were on him. the wrestling team. I forgot that. I forgot that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go through our yearbooks and uh, see you with your Bring nice. Uh, see I mean, you with your nice strap. Yeah, I was I on mean, it all four years. So yeah. get ready for. Uh, that sexy, sexy. Well, uh, my my pictures right. in in high school are the worst because I had a mop on my head that looks like a fucking helmet. That's not true. You were Ashton Ashton Kutcher. You were Ashton yeah, Kutcher sometimes. <laughs> but the other time, it looked like I was fucking uh, bowl cut or bowl kid, <laughs> bowl head, whatever. I don't fucking know. Whatever these kids are. Uh, but speaking of our predictions at the beginning of the year, casino the we actually did pretty damn good on the AFC. Uh, I nailed all the, I nailed every team except the Jags and Bengals. Obviously the Jags, uh, shit the bed in week 18 in a winner go home game. Shit. Uh, the Bengals were obviously hit by injuries with, especially. Yeah. So we, uh, we never even talked about that. We still got to talk about that. What? Did we talk about that? I don't remember the, the Jags losing that the whole yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna. Oh, I don't to remember. I, I don't remember, man. This week's <laughs> been a blur. Uh, your end casino. You got. Uh, you also had the Jags and Bengals, and then as we discussed earlier, you had the Chargers going in over the Dolphins, and then on the NFC, I will say I almost nailed it. If the Eagles would have got the second seed, I would have gotten basically all the seeding right in the NFC, which is crazy. Mm. But because the Eagles are not the number two seed it fucked everything up but i said the we both got the lions being the third seed correct uh we we knew they were however that division. we both picked the saints the commanders and the seahawks to get into the playoffs none of those teams made it right well you know what i i, I still back my seahawks one all day all day and the saints were they did what they needed to do and they actually had one of the two teams lose to get themselves in so they were they were one game out of their hands to make the playoffs, which was right there. Seahawks were one of those teams. They were right there. So, I mean, it was it was close for those two. Uh, commanders, as soon as they got rid of their two edge rushers, I was like, all right, well, this is over. They're done. Yeah, they, uh, they definitely punted on trying to be a competitive team this season, which I think surprised both of us because obviously we both had him going to the playoffs and then i don't care what anyone says i think the browns we could have seen coming and just picked wrongly but 
when it comes to the Texans, if you're trying to tell me at the beginning of the season, you said the Texans would not only be a playoff team, but win that division, you're full of shit. No, we said that we have to see what CJ Stroud does, but we don't expect him to do a whole bunch. Or it was something, something along those lines. We did not expect him to go from the second worst team last year to, to making the four fucking seed this year. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no way. No, I'm so excited that Houston gets, I'm so excited that the Texans get to host a fucking playoff game with CJ Stroud. Did you see how excited that he was after they won that game before they (laughs) find out they were going to be the fourth seed, but just knowing that they were making the playoffs when they beat the Colts. Like, yeah, he was like, he was emotional, but he was like keeping it together, but barely. And he was just like, like, he knows what kind of season he had. He knows. And to make the playoffs in your first season and bring you were the guy to bring that team back. Like that's huge, huge room. I like him. I'm excited to see him. Even if they lose, even if they lose in the playoffs, I'm excited to see him play a playoff game. Well, let's go ahead and talk about that game. That was first. The best. That was the Segu. There you go. We have now, uh, just playoffs in general. What do you think of the playoff format of they messed with it this year? We have two Saturday games, three Sunday games, and a Monday night game for the wild card. And then we have one of the Saturday night games being exclusive to Peacock. So I you can only watch dude, it on Peacock. That I'm fine with that. I have Peacock, but dude, what a shitty way to do that, man. I mean, Granted, let me just say this. Peacock is only $4.99 a month. So, like, it's $5 if you want to watch this game. $5. Like, it's not it's not a big subscription. It's not one that, like, YouTube TV special where, you know, you have to pay 70 bucks for a month. Like, this is 5 bucks, $4.99 or whatever it is. For, um, at least that's what I think it is. Still, I don't think it's gone up, you know, for the, the playoff game. Not not ideal. Not ideal. But it's it's only 5 bucks. But having not being available to the masses is fucking insane. It's insane. That's worse, in my opinion, than the Thursday night prime Thursday night uh, Amazon Prime shit. I it's worse. It's agree. way worse than that. Completely agree. Especially worse because not like, only- it's not on just regular cable. Like people who who don't have satellites or anything, they just have like fucking antennas and have five channels. You know. How is it not on one? Like, how is it not available to them? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, well, this is also, ridiculous. this isn't even. I would maybe have less of an issue if this was the one thirty game, because then it's like, okay, it's the afternoon on a Saturday. Maybe you don't go out of your way to watch it or whatever. This is the prime time night game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Two like. That is a much more marquee matchup to me and I think to the general football audience than the Browns Texans. So how Dude, these I don't know what bars are gonna flipped, do. Like what that's what like, I'm saying. Like it's one of those things where if you're a bar, like one especially one of these older, just like football bars, which is one of the, the Eagles bar you I don't go have to. you don't have a smart TV or anything yeah. crazy to well, like, and then do just streaming like, off of like I well, know just for like my work alone, bars. it's gonna be tough yeah. to do. Yeah, because our bars don't aren't sports bars; they're just bars. But that also doesn't mean people aren't gonna come in and be like, "Hey, where's the playoff game?" Right. And you're just well, gonna mean, be like, like, so like for my place, um, we just got new TVs and we got because we got the new owners and and whatnot, and they're they're gonna be fine. I'm sure one of them has a Peacock 
um, account or whatnot, and we'll be able to, we have the smart TVs in there. It's going to be no issue for my place, but as you're saying, a lot of those places don't have access to that. I mean, there's a lot of, there has been a lot of places that don't show Thursday night football because, and I would go into it. I'm like, Hey, do you got the Thursday night game on? Like, Oh no, you know, we don't have prime, you know, or we don't have the, we don't have the equipment to be able to stream prime off of this TV. Like we just have direct TV, just regular cable. Um, they don't have any way to a smart TV or a computer link up where they can do a stream to it or the TV is too old. They can't even do it like off their phone and stream it up and in like it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I'm also fine with the simulcast. If you want to put it on, you know, like they do the Sunday night games or you can watch it on Peacock or on NBC, but for it just to be a playoff game exclusive to Peacock is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like what is the benefit of this? Again, you just said Again, it's a yeah. $5 subscription, but, but a lot of people I'm won't do that out of principle, you, out of principle. Yeah. Well, and I'm guaranteeing you they would make more money from advertisements just putting it on basic cable television. Like, it's if this was just on NBC, they'd make more money than it being exclusive to Peacock. The other issue I have is the Monday night game is between my Eagles, which are the fifth seed, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, which are the fourth seed. There's a scenario where the Eagles coming out of this game are the lowest rated seed or the, the second lowest rated seed, obviously. And then they would have to travel to the number one or number two seed on short weeks rest. So why are we doing a disadvantage in playoffs, which are significant, a day disadvantage, probably two days, because obviously you're playing Monday night. If you're one of the uh, Sunday teams you get the rest of Sunday right and then all of Monday and then that's basically a two-day advantage over a team that now has to play a Monday night playoff game why did you yeah. think Monday night playoff it's games about money they don't care idea. about the like I know obviously for money Roger Goodell doesn't care about the sanctity of football like he doesn't give a shit about the NFL or the players or anything because a lot of these yeah. players yeah, sorry. Thank you. Uh, a lot of these players could get hurt on short rest, you know, being a playoff game because they're pushing to try to succeed. Like it's it's as wild. I, I well, and ironically, earlier in the season, this is not AJ this is Brown, not wild card weekend anymore. This is wild card week. Yeah. Well, also AJ Brown. I think this is ironic. I wonder if this was because of these comments where earlier in the season, AJ Brown said he hated Monday night football because it does fuck with your mind or not with your mind, with your body and your preparation and more people get hurt. He, this was literally a quote he said a couple weeks ago in this season. So now to have them be the Monday night uh, game, which also how is the Monday night game, not the Rams lions. To me, that seems like the marquee wildcard game of the weekend just because of the, you know, first playoff game. Yeah, but they want it on the weekend. They want it on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, But let's talk about the games themselves. Casino, you touched on it earlier. The 11 and 6 Cleveland Browns going into uh, Houston to verse the 10 and 7 Houston Texans. Who you got in this one, Casino? 
no matter how much I like CJ Stroud and the Texans at home, uh, I've got to go with the Cleveland Browns. I've got to go with the Browns. I, I, I really like how they've been playing. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to run all over them. I think this defense is too good. Um, and I think they're going to disrupt CJ just enough to, uh, mess with them. So I'm, I'm going Browns going Browns. Yeah. I don't think, uh, in the history of football, we just saw it in college. Whenever you have an explosive offense going against the number one defense, I would say, 80% of the time, the number one defense beats the number one offense just because the number one offense, you're playing against probably bad defenses or definitely worse because obviously they're number one. And so you're putting up numbers you're not always going to put up against other teams. With this Mm -hmm. Browns team, we've seen them play really good teams and smack them in the mouth. And then we've seen them play really good teams. I think this is going to be a close. I honestly think this is going to be a close-ass game, dude. I really do. Like, this is a field goal either direction. Oh, I think this might be Browns handily. I think this oh, might really? be the I think this might be the start of where all of a sudden everybody comes to attention and is just like this Browns team is for real and the AFC, especially That's, the Ravens, could be true. needs to worry about them. Uh next up we have uh, or I'm picking the Browns as well, uh, as you just said, Casino. Next up, we have a very interesting game, a Peacock exclusive. I don't know if you heard that, but it is the <laughs> 11 and 6 Miami Dolphins traveling to 11 and 6 Kansas City. And the talk of the town in this game is this is, by all accounts, going to be a snow game. It might be one of the top five coldest games ever played in uh, the NFL. So this is the story coming out of this game is this looks like it's going to be a weather game where it's going to be like colder than players have basically ever felt on a football field, which is going to be fun to watch. Not fun to so play I, in. I need but you fun to, to watch. I, I want you to make your pick first because I I've got a juicy uh, feeling about this one go for it see i feel like this is so obviously a pick where it's just like this is kansas city all day kansas city all day it's in uh kansas city you always hear the thing where it's like these fast teams the second they go up against like hard hitters they're done but these guys already played earlier this season and it was a seven point game Mm -hmm. the dolphins Going into this game, have the number one offense in the league, first in passing, sixth in rushing, and a top 10 defense. The Chiefs, on the other hand, second in the league in defense, only behind the Browns, uh, sixth in the league in passing, ninth in ru- or 19th in rushing, and then ninth total offense. So these are two eerily similar teams. But again, I just talked about number one offense going against the number two defense, but They've already played them in a, a weird scenario, which is when they played overseas. I don't know. I think just how this Kansas City team or this season has gone, everybody's going to be picking them, and I just think Miami sneaks it out. Damn I don't. I, think I was hoping you pick going, Casey. I'm picking Miami. <laughs> I think I'm, this is going to be a close game. Like so you said, my, a three-point game. I think this is three points Miami. So I'm going Miami on this one. 
for multiple reasons. Um, it's supposed to be a cold ass game. There's supposed to be weather, right? Um, you you said snow, right? Uh, I believe so. I I can't. I don't know if that will ensure, but still, the weather. Just because Kansas City plays in cold weather, and there you said Miami's Miami, you know they still teams still travel. Miami still goes up to Buffalo and plays. Like these players have played enough in this league that I think, like temperature wise, it's going to just affect everybody. I, I to me, I don't I don't see that being a huge thing, being the temperature thing. Um, I just don't trust Kansas City. I don't trust Kansas City's receivers. Uh, I think if you can fluster Patrick Mahomes early, that that's going to mess with him. Um, I would take. I'm going to take the veteran offensive players for Miami. My kids awake. The veteran um, players, offensive players for Miami over over the team that just can't catch a fucking football. That's very um, true. And Miami, yep. you said it has the sixth best rushing team in the NFL. You know, cold game. that rock. Yep. It's just pound it. Just pound it, pound it, pound it. And then they're going to be expecting that. And then you break one loose to Tyreek Hill down the fucking line. You know, KC, they don't really have much of a running game, in my opinion. Um, I think you, what you said, it was 10th or something like that. No, it's uh, 19th. Oh, 19th rushing. Yeah. Uh, I think Miami controls the clock. I think they control the ball. I think. Mahomes is going to get frustrated because some of his players and receivers are going to drop the ball early, and that's going to spiral. Everybody's picking KC in KC with this weather. I don't give a shit about the weather. Normally, I do if it's, like, raining. The snow, yes, has an issue to it. But with that, just grind the ball out. Pound it, it pound it, pound it with the rushing. Dude, put so uh, I just read or whatever his name. Fucking let him, let him go off. I just um, read this where you said – uh, with the weather, it's going to be negative eight degrees, but with the wind chill, it's going to feel between negative 20 and negative 30 degrees. <laughs> so that is, I mean, uh, you couldn't pay me money to play in negative 30 degrees where people are going to try to be hitting me as hard as humanly possible. Like that sounds like an absolute nightmare, but that'll definitely be a game. Uh, that'll be fun to watch exclusively on Peacock. So don't go to a bar that, uh, you know, doesn't get the Peacock package, or I think they still get the direct, the game through direct TV business, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Uh, on the other side of the AFC, we have the team that shockingly finished the season as the number two seed where, the talk of the town for two months was that the Buffalo Bills might not even make the playoffs. They rattle off six straight, get to 11 and six, and they will be having a home game, kind of, and we'll get to that, when the 10 and seven Pittsburgh Steelers travel to 11 and six Buffalo Bills. I mean, in terms of difference of, uh, rankings, if we're just going by stats, it could not be more night and day, especially for playoff teams. The Bills, top four or fourth highest offense, ninth highest defense, eighth in passing, seventh in rushing. The Steelers, 25th in offense, 21st in defense, 25th in total passing. How did they fucking make the playoffs? Uh, 
by just on, on a on a hope and a prayer. Uh, the yeah. last meeting these two teams had was in August. The Steelers actually won twenty seven to fifteen. So this is a revenge game in Buffalo against the Steelers. Well, except for this game might be moved to Cleveland. I believe was the the uh, last thing I read. Have you read anything about that casino where this game might be moved? Uh, to no. Cleveland. So this game might be moved to Cleveland because it will be too. I believe it was snow was the issue. So there will be too much snow. You get paid millions snow. and millions of dollars fucking playing in the snow. <laughs> they scrape it off. Yeah, God damn, so, dude, play in the goddamn snow. Stop. Be, if they get moved because of snow, I'm I'm gonna go punch Roger Goodell in the face. So there's rumors, but as of seven hours ago, apparently they needed to alert the ticket buying audience earlier. So it looks like this game will be played in Buffalo with snowy conditions. So not only will we have a Saturday game where it might be the coldest ever, we're going to have the first Sunday game maybe be in snow. Who you got in this one, Casino? I got Buffalo's going to roll them, dude. I think Buff- I think this is the, the blowout of the wildcard weekend. See, you say that, but we always think the Steelers are going to get blown out, and then they just play really close games. That's one score. I feel like this is going to be a seven to three point game going into the fourth quarter, mm. and then maybe Buffalo fucks it up. Maybe Steelers sneak away with a victory, but oh, I don't no. see that happening. No. I think. I think this uh, is the big. I think out of all the games, this is the game that I would have the largest margin in of ooh. victory for. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're both picking the bills Steelers win this game. Sorry, Steelers fan who I've sided with all season, but even, you know, this is your, your peak was getting into the playoffs. Uh, next up, I really want to know, I want to know Steeler guy. Like I just want (laughs) to get to know him. It'll be, he's our most famous fan. Uh, and we don't know anything about him. Uh, comment below. Tell us what you know about, uh, or tell us if you think the Steelers can actually win this game next up. A game I feel like I know where you're going, Casino. Nine and eight Green Bay Packers going into 12 and five Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Green Bay, 11th in total offense, 17th in defense, 12th in passing, 15 in rushing. Cowboys, top five offense, top five defense, third in passing, 14th in rushing. The last time these two these two played was over two years ago. Haven't met this year. Oh, it was a three-point game. Uh casino we'll be right back so for me see this this doesn't feel like the game where dallas fucks it up right this feels like the game where dallas absolutely rolls them and then you have the entire media tripping over themselves to be like cowboys are going to the super bowl and then they shit the bed the next round right that's always what happens the wild card is not where they mess up it's always the divisional round uh, so for this one, especially because it's in Dallas and we've seen how good Dallas is or, or has been for this season at home, you got to pick Cowboys. I think this one, I really think this one and the Browns-Texans game have the chance to be blowout games of the week. But also, you know, there's been a lot of history being brought up between, you know, all the Cowboys and Packers game, that famous game where did Des Bryant catch it? Did he not? Which I feel like was the start of every ridiculous, was it a catch or was it not a catch argument started right there 
for the record, as an Eagles fan, I don't think he caught it. That ball was wiggling all over the place. Uh, so, Casino, this is my pick for one of the games I think is going to be a blowout. I'm picking the Cowboys. Do you have the balls? Do you think the Packers are in this game? Uh, no. I, <laughs> I don't think the Packers will win this game. I want them to win this game. Well, I yeah. want to see Jordan Love go in there. And I, I have a hard time seeing the Packers being the team to beat Dallas. But I, I've already know that I've said it on the podcast. So, oh, I think Jordan Love can go and do it. I do think he could do it, but I don't, I just don't think that it's going to happen. But um, I, if he does beat him, I'll be like, you know what? Good on him. Like Jordan loves having a really good end of his season. Dallas. Yes. They're at home, but they've been getting help. I just, I just can't, I, I just can't, again, I just can't see Dallas being this dominant at home, you know, for the whole season. I just don't. Um, I like Jordan Love, but I think that the Dallas will probably beat him by like a field goal or something. Um, but I, th- I think they might, you know what, they could might, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm picking the Packers. Packers all Whoa. day. I Jordan hope Love. the reverse j- jinx works because man, what a fun <laughs> podcast that'll be. I want, uh, I, 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 I'm going to pick Packers. You know what, Jordan Love, if he keeps playing how he's playing, I, I do think that I do think that they could pull it off. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm still picking the Cowboys. I don't think smart. they get in. That's I don't think they lose or ever get embarrassed in the wild card round. It's always the divisional round. So when it comes to the next round, I think that's where we all of a sudden start seeing, especially if they blow out the Packers, it's going to be the media tripping over themselves to be, to crown them champions before they played anybody. Uh, next up. <laughs> I mean, how is this not, Everybody's most anticipated game of wildcard weekend, the 10 and seven LA Rams going into 12 and five Detroit who are having their first home playoff game in 30 years or something like that. 27, I believe. Uh, But it is Matt Stafford returning to Detroit. It is. uh, It's crazy. Since that switch, these two quarterbacks, their stats are almost identical. Uh, yeah so and it honestly worked out for they're almost identical yeah uh yeah i don't know if you send it to me or if i just saw it randomly but i i saw i don't know where i saw it but i saw something and it showed since since the trade all their stats in every category and they're off by like off each other they're about one maybe two points each direction like that's it they're pretty much identical since the trade. Yeah. Uh, the Rams uh, kind of picked up steam at the end of the year. Seventh in total offense, 20th in total defense, 10th in passing, 11th in rushing. The Lions, on the other hand, 19th in defense, third in offense, second in passing, fifth in rushing. Uh, yeah. Shockingly to me, they're 19th in defense because I thought their defense was much worse than that. But they do get no, pressure. On it the was just so bad last year. They They've. I mean, going yeah, from, the 32nd, from 32nd, to the, 32nd to to the 19th in a <laughs> yeah. year, not bad, not bad. Yeah. You, you have it. You have it. I remember and, that's literally what we said at the end of last season was yeah. if this Detroit team could have an average defense with this same offense, they would be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And, and now they're they the third seed in the NFC and yeah. 
three wins away from being in the Super Bowl. Uh, who you got in this one, Casino? I'm going Detroit, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a scrap. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. You know, Stafford wants to come back here and just shove it up their butt, but I <laughs> and he's he's gonna do everything he can. I think he's gonna do everything he can, but I I think the Detroit fans are gonna win this game for for Detroit because they're going to be so hyped up. Yeah. They're going to be so hyped up and so rowdy. I there you're going to have trouble hearing out there. There's going to be a lot of calls. I think there's going to be a couple timeouts called because I just can't hear. I don't know what the play was. No. Yeah, I completely this agree. I think I think we get a great Matthew Stafford game. Uh, but I think we get a better Jared Goff game to kind of prove not only his former coach wrong, but the doubters wrong about people who still, you know, think he's not as good, especially this season as he has been. I mean, he's the second, they have the second best passing offense in the entire league. Uh, he's looked great in games in big games this season and nothing bigger than this one i'm taking the home team as well i think this is lions in a great game this is one of the few games where as much as i would love the texans or packers to upset who they're playing i don't think it happens this is one of the few games where i would not be shocked if the rams go in there and win i Mm -hmm. think they might be the dark horse team in the playoffs that no one's paying attention to that i could see getting on like a run i think the browns are like we've already discussed it well but yeah i think but the browns are we are we in in true picks right now outside of the dallas and green bay game yes we're locking step uh next up last one as we just talked about it monday night uh game my 11 and 6 philadelphia eagles travel to 9 and 8 tampa bay uh, the Eagles eighth in total offense, 26th in total defense, 16th in the league in passing eighth in rushing the Buccaneers 23rd in both offense and defense 17th in passing 32nd in rushing. So this is the worst rushing uh, team in the league. Baker Mayfield is also messed up. Ironically, these teams yeah. played earlier in the season on Monday night football, which is weird. Uh, the Eagles won that matchup 25 to 11. Uh, who you got in this one casino? I know that I know they've been on a skid and I know their defense isn't great right now. They were one in five in their last six, but I'm going to take the Eagles mainly because Tampa, they, they had with Baker a decent passing game, but they, they have nothing else. They have nothing else in my opinion. So I uh, I can't see the bucks and I know the Eagles lost two shitty teams, but I just can't see the Eagles losing a playoff game against the bucks who have question with health right now. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, great season from him. Finished the season, the regular season, 24% completion percentage, over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Just crazy. Uh, But when it comes to the Eagles, I agree with you where it is. The last three weeks have been a weird microcosm of games they needed to win that they kind of punted on. And then 
all their players now are kind of making it seem like they were just waiting for the playoffs. And now they're trying to spin it as like, we didn't even want to play at home. You want to play on the road because we're better on the road underdogs, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like I'll take everything you're saying at face value, but if you come out in this game and lay an egg against a, again, nine and eight Tampa Bay team, that is much, much worse than the team you dominated on Monday Night Football in week, I believe that was three or four, when the Bucks were undefeated and everybody was picking them as like a dark horse playoff favorite that you literally held to 11, and 11 points and had your way with them. So this is a much worse version of that team. Baker's beat up, you're beat up, but you should have everybody back, I believe. AJ Brown's the only like big name player that is going to be a game time decision. You lost your safety, Sidney Brown, for the season in the Giants game. Uh, that Giants game, I will forever never think or talk about that game after this because why are you starting any starters? Instead, you decide to start half the starters and then right, two we don't of your have, guys. We don't get have injured. time for a BJ rant right now about yeah. the Eagles. Well, that's the the end of it. It was just a dumb. Uh, move to start anybody in that game punt on that game rest everybody you guys have been injured all season so this is the put up or shut up game obviously because it's winner go home I think the Eagles win this game uh, even though I don't want them to win this game in if the fact happens that they win this game and then they either have to go to Dallas or 49ers next week and just get fucking annihilated. So please lose this game if that's what's going to happen in the divisional round. But as for the wild card round, um, I believe they could win this game. Uh, they've been talking like a team for a month that's just been looking ahead to the playoffs. Well, the playoffs are here. They're here, so baby. Now's your chance. Uh, so we're both picking the Eagles. Only game we picked different was Packers Cowboys. Oh, I Obviously, can't wait to win that. I can't like wait that. to win that one. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, if you do, I will pop a bottle of champagne on this podcast. You don't? Be do awesome. you truly think that Love doesn't have what it takes to beat that Dallas defense? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I just think if this game was in Green Bay, I'd be picking the Packers outright. I just think it being in in Dallas is one of the reasons why when it was looking like the Cowboys were going to be the fifth seed, I was like, there's no way they win a playoff game, let alone, you know, multiple. But now that they're going to potentially, well, no, they most definitely will have two playoff games at home. I think this is a real shot of them going to an NFC championship game for the first time realistically in a decade. So I just hope, I just hope and pray as a Eagles football fan that either I am not watching a Super Bowl with the Cowboys or Niners in it. Just please, if the Eagles don't make it in the NFC, somebody else, please do it. Lions. I don't want to see those teams. You want the Lions. I do. If the Eagles lose this weekend, I will be the, and the Lions win. The Lions or Rams win. Those are one of the teams I'm rooting for if the Eagles are out. So Lions or Rams, you're playing to be my bandwagon team in the Super Bowl. Obviously, I would like the Ravens to win for Lamar Jackson, but we'll see how that pans out. I also think, again, if I don't think the Eagles have a realistic shot of winning this season, but I think we both agree most fun Super Bowl matchup as a football fan would be Browns-Lions. That would be fun. That's the one I'm I, rooting for. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That'd be yeah. good. 
Uh, but this has been the only sports podcast. Uh, we will see you next week. My 2024 New Year's resolution after this episode is we always have a Tuesday and Friday podcast casino. That's what I'm gearing. That's what well, I'm are hoping you saying. That's for. what my resolution has to be too. Yes. And that baby's resolution as well. Uh, but yeah, this has been <laughs> the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino and his baby over there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, enjoy your week- weekend of playoff football. We'll see you next, uh, next episode to talk about it. Adios. <laughs>